Hello, and welcome to the Body and Food Freedom Podcast. I'm your host, Vanessa Preston, trauma-informed mental health social worker, psychotherapist, and nutritionist. I'm the creator of the Body and Food Freedom Project, a women's group focused on helping women make peace with food and their bodies. I know firsthand how dieting, food restriction, and body shame can steal our joy and have us playing small in our own lives. But I also know the freedom and liberation that comes with breaking free from diet culture, making peace with food, and learning to respect our bodies. Follow along as I speak with you and my guests about concepts including shame, self-compassion, intuitive eating, body image healing, and all things trauma, mental health, and therapy. I'm so happy to have you here. Grab a cup of tea and your headphones and let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Body and Food Freedom podcast. I'm your host, Vanessa Preston, and I really am happy that you're joining me today. Um, I was thinking this week, I, I don't know how many of you out there commute uh, to work, but I commute about an hour each way to our main office. And I do that twice per week. And I was thinking, I sometimes play the same song like 75 times in a row. Or I choose a playlist and then I scroll through for the specific song that I'm wanting instead of just going to the song that I wanted. Um, And I was thinking, do you do that or are you normal? (laughs) Um, Let me know. Let me know on Instagram. Do you play the same song over and over sometimes? You know how a song just fits your mood? Um, Anyways, so today's topic is intuitive eating. Um, I don't think we've talked much about this yet. And I'm really excited because in a soon in a future episode, we will have a coach who I highly respect, um, who will come on and talk with us about misconceptions of intuitive eating. So I thought having a bit of an introduction would be helpful. So what is intuitive eating? Intuitive eating is a non-diet, research-based model of eating and health, and it was developed by two registered dietitians. Uh, Their names are Evelyn Triboli and Elise Raich, and the two dietitians that developed this worked in a traditional model of nutrition, um, you know, a real focus on weight loss and a real focus on meal planning. And what they noticed is that most patients weren't able to sustain significant weight loss. Uh, A lot of patients struggled to adhere to restrictive meal plans. And they also saw their patients dealing with things that we've talked about on the podcast, some already things like shame and anxiety and guilt and feeling like a failure. And so they developed the first edition of intuitive eating in 1995. And to date, 
there's over 100 studies and there's also assessment scales. And so we use some of the assessment scales um, in my group program. And so I thought it was worth mentioning intuitive eating aligns very well with something called health at every size. And health at every size is a body of research and a paradigm um, that focuses on health promoting behaviors. And this is weight neutral, meaning it takes the focus off of weight. There's a book by Lindo Bacon called Health at Every Size that if you're interested, you could read that and get more of an idea of what this is about. Again, my goal is to have a future episode about this, but I'd really like to interview an expert in health at every size, which is also referred to as Hayes. So I'd love to have an expert in Hayes come on and um, really explain this a bit more in detail to you. But for now, I will cite Lindo Bacon's book in the show notes. They also have two other books out that I haven't read yet, and I'll put those in the show notes as well. And what research shows us about intuitive eating is that people who practice intuitive eating, um, they eat more variety of foods. They have more body appreciation and acceptance. Um, They have increased interoceptive awareness which we haven't talked about yet on the podcast, I don't think, but definitely something we spend time on talking about in my group program. And interoceptive awareness is your ability or capacity to really tune in to your internal experience and your own cues and really understanding what's happening for you. Um, This is really an important part of intuitive eating, but any sort of growth, Um, Any process where you want to increase your awareness, things like mindfulness or uh, meditation, this awareness is really important. Um, Research also shows that people who practice intuitive eating have increased pleasure from eating. Um, I can tell you that's true in my experience for sure is since I've been practicing intuitive eating, I really do enjoy food again. It I, you know, it's not this calculated process of, you know, like I said, like calculating things or full of restriction or guilt or shame. It really is this nice process that there is satisfaction and pleasure in eating now. Um, Research also shows that people who practice intuitive eating have improved coping skills Um, I can understand why that would be because when you come from diet culture into intuitive eating, um, often you have used food as a main source of coping, you know, whether it's comfort eating or emotional eating, um, you know, we do eat, um, like I said, emotional eating to really numb or suppress or avoid And so part of intuitive eating, and this is why it's so much more than just hunger and fullness cues, part of this process is developing um, your coping skills. And so you're not using food um, as the only way of coping with how you're feeling. Um, 
research also shows, which I think this is really interesting, that people who practice intuitive eating have better HDL, which is basically good cholesterol. And intuitive eating is negatively correlated with disordered eating and emotional eating. Um, People who practice this are more likely to challenge thin ideals of the culture. um, And then they're less likely to suppress their thoughts and feelings. And so the research is really promising. um, And I think gaining traction for sure Uh, Part of the consequence of intuitive eating gaining traction is that I think I mentioned this in episode two, but diet culture has definitely co-opted the word intuitive eating. Um, So you might see intuitive fasting or things like that. And um, if you see anything about intuitive eating being linked to weight loss or dieting, it is not the true uh, form or that is not the evidence-based practice of intuitive eating. And I would recommend not proceeding um, with the person who's trying to sell you that. Um, so I thought I would give you a definition of intuitive eating. And this is from the 2017 um, book from the two dietitians that I spoke of that, again, I will cite them in the show notes. But they define this, their model, as Intuitive eating is a dynamic mind-body integration of instinct, emotion, and rational thought. It is a personal process of honoring your health by paying attention to the messages of your body and meeting your physical and emotional needs. It is an inner journey of discovery that puts you front and center And it puts you as the expert of your own body. And so I wanted to give you the 10 principles of intuitive eating. Um, This is also on our blog, which is greenlifepsychology.com. And so if you wanted to read a bit more about the intuitive eating principles, um, the blog would be a good resource to check out as well. And so principle I'm just going to run through them. There's 10. So principle number one is rejecting the diet mentality, which is the main one that I'll talk about um, in a few minutes. Principle two is honoring your hunger. Principle three is making peace with food. Principle four is challenging the food police. Principle number five is feeling your fullness. Principle number six, my personal favorite, (laughs) is discover the satisfaction factor. Uh, Principle number seven, cope with your emotions without using food. And so I believe in the more up-to-date version of intuitive eating, principle number seven reads cope with your emotions using kindness. Um, I like both. I really think it's worth, I, I really like the idea of without using only food. Um, and kindness. And so principle number eight is respecting your body. Principle number nine is exercise, feel the difference. Um, And principle number 10 is honoring your health with gentle nutrition. And so with intuitive eating and these principles, this is not, you know, where you graduate from principle one to principle two. And then once you've perfected, you know, honoring your hunger, then you graduate to the next principle. 
um, this isn't linear. This is a flexible process. This is an ongoing growth process. Uh, we do not have to approach intuitive eating with an all or nothing mindset. Um, we don't have to approach intuitive eating with a level of perfection. It's just really flexible. And so I thought I would focus a little bit more on rejecting the diet mentality. And this, you know, episode two was about diet culture. And the way that I view diet culture is it's the system that's at play. Um, so if you haven't listened to episode two, it would be worth checking that out. But to me, the diet mentality is how have we internalized diet culture in our thinking, in our behavior, in the way that we listen or don't listen to our bodies. And so the diet mentality is the belief that being thin will make you happier and healthier and that dieting is a way that you must achieve this. Um, and a reminder here, there is no research to date that shows that people sustain significant weight loss from diets in the long run. And so what I find interesting is that often women will say that they're not dieting, um, but when we dig a bit deeper, they actually are. So dieting is any restriction, mental or physical restriction of food. Um, dieting is a set of rules and obviously in the hopes of achieving weight loss. And so, like I said, often women will say they're not dieting, but when we dig deeper, there's often calculations going on. There's some sort of program dictating how much or when to eat, um, or they, they have at minimum mental restriction going on where they're restricting certain foods or they've labeled certain foods good or bad. Um, and so this can be a tricky and longer and ongoing part of intuitive eating. Um, I view it as just peeling back layers of the onion of where diet mentality shows up for you. And like I said, diet mentality is the way that we've internalized the broader system of diet culture. Um, the diet mentality, I think, has specific rules and really rigid thinking. So it's black or white. Uh, it's all or nothing. We're either on the wagon or off the wagon. We're either successfully dieting or we're not. Um, a lot of women will say to me, um, especially before I started to do this work, I would have even clients come in and go, I've been so good this week. Um, so it's that idea of I've been really good or I've been bad and failed and I need to, you know, pick up my game. Um, it also comes with this self-judgment and often this feeling not good enough. And one thing that I wholeheartedly believe, and I've seen it in my own life, I've seen it in my clinical practice, I've seen it in my mentorship group, our relationship with food mirrors the relationship we have with ourselves. And so if we are approaching food from this black and white way of thinking with rigidity and judgment and an attempt to control it all, um, 
I usually find that all of that shows up in other places for women in their relationships and their work or career and their parenting. Um, it often shows up as a level of perfectionism. And so when we start challenging the diet mentality, we really start to see how it has just absolutely had this ripple effect into other parts of our lives. And so that's why to me, intuitive eating is so much more than just eating. It's, it's actually, um, for me, aligning you and your behaviors and your life more to your value system and more to a flexible, compassionate way of being. Um, and so I wanted to just list a few differences. And this is a slide that's actually from my group program. Um, so just bear with me. So diet culture steals your body autonomy. Um, and this is what's happening with the diet mentality is the wider system um, has stolen, you know, the way that we have power over our bodies, our choices, listening to our inner wisdom of what's needed. Um, the diet mentality encourages further disconnection from ourself and our body. It focuses on shrinking our body. The diet mentality too really has us focused on achieving what we don't have. And I always wonder where is the end point? And the diet mentality means our choices are often fear-based. And like I've said, often comes with rigidity and perfectionism. Intuitive eating, on the other hand, focuses on mind-body connection, tapping into your body wisdom, uh, interoceptive awareness. There's an emphasis on that, like we talked about earlier, um, getting information from your own cues. There's an emphasis on body acceptance and health. Our choices come from a place of love or compassion, not fear. And like I've said a couple of times, there is flexibility. And so what does this look like on an individual level? Well, it depends on what the diet mentality looks like for you. Um, it's definitely looking at where certain food rules pop up. And it's definitely unpacking things like fat phobia. Um, it's looking at behaviors that you use to compensate for what you ate. So skipping meals or over-exercising. Um, challenging the diet mentality for you might be unfollowing influencers on social media who promote diet culture and instead follow some people that I've shared before. Again, check out show notes for episode two. Um, it might mean deleting apps or throwing out scales. And this is why I say it is an ongoing gradual process. Um, and there's, like I said, an onion, there's just layers uh, to, to work through. And I'm curious how you feel as I've described this. Is there anxiety? Is there fear? Is there fear of weight gain? Um, that's something I'm happy to talk about in future episodes. And I want to normalize all of that. I felt all of that too when I started. It's very normal. 
uh, we live in a society that absolutely worships thinness. And so, you know, practicing a framework where you put weight loss on the back burner can feel really scary. And like I said, that's really normal. And rejecting the diet mentality is potentially rejecting something that some of us have been doing since we were six or seven years old or 10 or 12 years old. Like take a second and think when you went on your first diet and remember, it doesn't have to have a name. It could be when you um, started trying to eat less because you're, you were getting made fun of because what your body looked like. I really do see this happening as young as six and seven. Um, and so sometimes instead of saying reject the diet mentality, I like to start with be curious, be curious about the diet mentality and how it shows up for you. Um, in my own journey, you know, I read the first few chapters of the intuitive eating book, and I honestly felt quite confused. It was really confronting. And to be completely honest, I went back to dieting a few times and I just had this niggling thing in the back of my mind where I knew, I knew my dieting days were limited. I knew there was something that felt right about intuitive eating. Um, but for me, obviously it wasn't quite the right time. And so, like I said, I went back to a few diets. Um, oh my gosh, I've tried fasting. I've tried keto. Um, I did one where you weighed everything. You logged everything. You weighed yourself every day. Um, your food diary was trapped by a coach. You measured yourself once a week. And it was exhausting. I felt like absolute shit. And I had this sense of constantly fighting my body, just constantly fighting my body. Um, I felt like I was bullying my body into a smaller size. And I never got to the size where I thought this is good. Right. And I think that happens to a lot of us women where we just, that's what I mean. Where is the end point? And one thing that really helped me was, well, I had to, I think just for my emotional health and mental health and my well-being, I finally called a truce with my body and one of the things that helped me do that was I started referring to my body as she or her. Um, and of course, you can use any pronoun that fits for you. But what I found is it humanized my body in a way because I started to realize I wouldn't treat any other she or her in the way that I was treating my body. I mean, I was criticizing her. I was bullying her. I was punitive to her sometimes. And I just couldn't do it anymore. I don't know if that resonates for you, but that is how it felt is I got to a point where I thought I'm calling a truce. We have to, I wouldn't say friends with my body, you know, like I didn't get there that quick. Um, but I had to call a truce. I had to make peace. 
And I think something else that really helped me in my own journey was um, doing this work within a group of women. And so I did a six month mentorship program that really helped sort of solidify all the reading I had done, all the work I had done previously. Um, And so I think there's a lot of healing within community. Um, If you think about what I'm talking to you about, rejecting dieting, that is a counterculture thing. Um, Like, I still feel so surrounded by people who are absolutely entrenched in diet culture, who are obsessed with dieting, who want to talk about it all the time. And so this is why I'm saying I think having a community or a group can be so helpful. Um, I think too, and I'm I'm being super transparent with, with some of my own journey in this episode, but I promise you that intuitive eating is really what helped me rein in my binge eating and emotional eating. And a key part of that was lifting the restriction. Um, And so it's made a huge difference in my life. I see it make a huge difference in other women's life. And just a side note here is I want to say that I wholeheartedly believe that you have the right to choose what is best for you. I strongly believe in body autonomy. And so choosing this path of rejecting the diet mentality, going against the culture, maybe learning intuitive eating, that is very much up to you. And so I want to be clear that I am not against dieters, but I am against diet culture that stems from patriarchy and other systems of oppression. I am against that. So I am not judging how women decide to adapt to this culture that's obsessed with appearance and thinness. I'm not judging how women choose to conform or not conform to beauty standards. So I want to be super clear as I continue to share this message um, on social media and, um, and on this podcast that I am really passionate about sharing the ways that the diet industry and the diet mentality poses a threat to our health and well-being um, and how it can impact all areas of our health and happiness. But again, I'm not against dieters. I'm against these systems of oppression. And so I hope this episode has been helpful for you today. Um, I would, if you want to do a little bit more of your own work, I would recommend intuitive eating. Um, I think it's the fourth edition now that came out June, 2020. Um, I'll cite that in the show notes. And then Evelyn Triboli also came out with a book called intuitive eating for every day. I have not ordered that yet, but it looks like it's daily practices um, to sort of rediscover the pleasure of eating. And it looks like there's a practice for each day. So it sounds like a really good book. But like I said, I haven't had a chance to check it out. Um, But yeah, I hope today has been helpful and I will see you at the next episode. Thanks for listening. And I hope today's episode has been helpful. Please like and subscribe to this podcast and take a second to give me a five-star review on iTunes. That really helps get this message out to other women who need it. 
You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram at Green Life Psychology. You can click in the link in the Instagram bio to learn more about the Body and Food Freedom Project, my 16-week online program where I teach and facilitate sessions live. Have a great week and I'll see you at the next episode.